Alright guys, welcome back. This is Faye. And this is Nick. And this is Kriogs Over, Over Coffee. Coffee. Today, we're very excited to have with us Dr. Erin Coy from OHSU. Uh, so Dr. Coy is a professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the School of Medicine and also the Associate Dean um, of Women's Health Research and Policy uh, at OHSU. So welcome, Dr. Coy. Okay, so Dr. Coy, we're here in Vegas at SMFM's annual meeting and know as we meet with everybody, we wanna ask, what have you been most excited about for this meeting? You know, it's, it, so I will say the SMFM was the really the meeting that brought me into academic medicine. I was brought here, um, not to Vegas, but to uh, my first SMFM in, I think, 1998 um, by a guy named Tom Shipp, who I was doing my resident research project with. I was working on a, a VBAC database with Dr. Shipp, and he said, you know, we, we got to get you an abstract. And I said, huh, what, what's that? Um, and he said, well, you know, we'll, we'll piece together a question and we'll submit it and so you know back in those days we typed it out and print you know like a typewriter um, and pasted it in a little form and submitted it and and I came to this meeting and it just opened my eyes to the questions we could ask and answer in obstetrics and and really what doing kind of clinical research and, and translation research meant and so for me the thing I get most excited about this meeting is bringing along the next generation of my mentees and trainees, my medical students, my residents, my fellows, and bringing to this meeting and having them have that experience of seeing what it can be like, of, of meeting the leaders in our field. Um, I was, uh, we were lucky enough this year that one of my medical students, uh, Alyssa Hirsch, got to present an oral presentation yesterday on cost effectiveness of elective induction of labor. And, and after her talk, she got to spend 10 minutes with Bill Grobin, the lead author on the ARRIVE trial. And so for one of my medical students get to spend time with someone of Dr. Grobin's stature is, is really exciting for me. Uh, Dr. Coy, I mean, uh, most of our listeners are going to be medical students and residents and fellows. Um, is there any advice that you would give to them? I think the first choice as a medical student is trying to figure out what you want to do in terms of a profession. Do you want to do, you know, a specialty? Do you want to do internal medicine or surgery or, or whatnot? And and I and I think it's tricky because I think we talked earlier, um, Faye, about whether or not I thought um, about the medical students that we have going into OBGYN at our, at our institution. And I'm always a little bit nervous that we, as our numbers go up, that we're somehow selling ourselves as a more attractive profession. I'm not really interested in selling anyone on going into OBGYN. In fact, I say to students, if you could do anything else, you should do that because we're the toughest profession. We work the hardest. Um, our work-life balance is sometimes the most challenging. Um, babies are never going to be all scheduled to come during the day. Even, even if we, everybody's in elective induction, those are still going to deliver at night uh, many times. And so that, that is a challenging thing about the field. And so don't, don't let yourself be sold. Find what feels like where you belong. Um, and it could be the people that you most want to be like. And it could be just that the things you're doing. Um, and obstetrics and gynecology has a beautiful balance between medicine and surgery. And obstetrics, which is neither of those things, it really is a, a strange blend of the two. Um, and so it, I think it just ends up calling to some people. So I would think that's that's first and foremost, is to really find what you want to do. And then within that, you know, there's there's so many opportunities within whatever medical field you choose in terms of academics where you're doing research or focused on medical education or administration and so many opportunities for administrative work and, 
and leadership outside of academic medicine in, in clinical medicine um, or community medicine. So there's there's really a lot of paths uh, uh, to identify and then follow, and you know kind of follow what you're what you believe your strengths are and what you enjoy. So, Dr. Coy, you've certainly done quite a bit within our field, and I was just wondering, what do you feel like is the most important contribution you've made to our field? Honestly, I mean, <laughs> honestly, if I reflect on my contributions to our field, it really reflects in my first answer to your first question, which is, what am I most excited about at this meeting? My biggest contributions is identifying talented young people and bringing them along into the field. When I look about um, the country, I think of the medical students that are now residents around the country training. Um, you both know Jenna Emerson. She was one of our medical students at OHSU. Um, and again, it's not like Jen Emerson doesn't exist without me, but don't get me wrong. But you know, the honor of being able to act, interact with someone like that and, and nudge them along to consider training outside of Oregon, for example. Um, was important. I think of you know some of my very first medical students, you know, 15 years ago, like uh, Sarah Little, who's now at uh, an attending maternal fetal medicine physician at the Brigham, um, Anjali Kaimal, who was one of my fellows, who's now the division head at Massachusetts General Hospital. It, it, that, that's I think really what my biggest contributions are in the field is is identifying and nurturing young talented individuals and allowing them to soar. Um, Dr. Coy, what do you do um, either at work or outside of work to keep yourself grounded? Because, you know, this this is something that I'm interested in as well because, you know, we go and we see, you know, yourself, Dr. Groman, Dr. Janfi, your CVs are like 500 pages long. And Nick and I at least feel like how are we ever going to get there unless we all sleep, you know, two hours a night and like continue working and put off having children and never get married? Well, I do think um, having children – Earlier is better. I will say that actually. Do not. That's not something I would ever recommend putting off. Um, honestly, um, you know, I was talking with my my co administrative chief when I was at the Brigham was a woman named Kathy Economy, and she's here at the meeting uh, with us. And Kathy's kind of a an uber clinician educator. She's just probably one of the most inspiring, brilliant uh, clinicians around at the Brigham, and has inspired countless uh, medical students and residents, fellows over the years. And, um, and we were talking about when we were, you know, in the 90s, when we were in training, the word wellness wasn't really a word that we ever used or talked about. However, we did a number of things in that environment where we worked 120 to 140 hour weeks um, to maintain sanity. One of the things that, that I did before medicine was I was in the performing arts, so opera, um, musical theater, that sort of thing. And so um, all through medical school, I continued to work. Um, professionally and semi-professionally in uh, the performing arts in uh, Boston. Um, and when I started residency, I was like, well, okay, now I'm going to have to really give it up. Like, there's no more performing. But even in residency, I was able to sing with the Back Bay Chorale. Um, I did an opera. Um, I, I can't even remember exactly how I was able to squeeze that in. Um, and so um, part of it was maintaining that. And throughout my time in, in San Francisco, I was able to, to sing with the San Francisco Symphony uh, Chorale with the San Francisco Symphony Opera uh, Symphony um, for seven years. And I, I was thinking about it, Faye, because I, I remember having a really bad cold one year when I was doing Beethoven's Nine and going through like a whole tube of these cough drops and just so I wouldn't cough on, you know, during the performance and just like popping one in, popping one in, and then like, uh, you know, coughing during like the big moment during the, you know, the, when the, the nine chorus comes in. 
Um, so that that was always a big part of my life um, was um, ha- singing and and performing um, and rehearsing is actually the thing I enjoy more than performing, but rehearsing. I will say in my current job, I don't have the time to do that anymore to really perform. But but I was reflecting on this the other day. Um, I was in New York uh, speaking at the New York OB uh, Society. And I was, you know, basically going to give a 45-minute talk. And so what is that but a one-man show, right? Um, so I was, before I went over my script, uh, reminded myself of the, of the where I think the laugh lines are in that, in that 45-minute one-man show. And, and so in a sense, I mean, and this might sound weird, but one of the ways that keeps me kind of grounded and, and is actually giving lectures around the country and even locally um, it, where I am, and you think, well, isn't that part of your work? And I guess it is, but it's a different kind of work than, you know, delivering babies, than doing research, um, the conveying of of the work that we all do, and and trying to get an audience to understand why it's important and how they might apply it in their uh, in their day to day lives. So I think I think that's the the thing, the performing arts. But of course, the thing that most keeps me grounded is my my children, and so. Um, I, you know, I'm someone who basically leaves the office every day by five, five thirty, and I'm home by six to cook dinner and to do homework and hang out with my kids. Um, essentially, um, every day, um, I, we plan a lot of travel together. We, my, my kids are also into the theater, and so we've, you know, I take them to New York and we go to shows. Um, we saw Hamilton a week after it opened, for example, two and a half years ago. We saw the show Be More Chill off Broadway last summer. We're going to see it now that it's coming to Broadway. I mean, so. That, that's really important to me is, is kind of my kids and, and spending time with them. Do you have a favorite show or opera? Opera seems like it's been a theme amongst MFMs. That's interesting. It's interesting. You know, I, I like opera and I, and I did opera um, in college, um, but it doesn't sing to me the way that musical theater does. And so obviously most of your listeners will probably know the show Hamilton, which is a remarkable show. But actually my 14-year-old son, Aiden, and I, think that the show Dear Evan Hansen is a better musical. Um, and the reason we believe that is the plot we think is more um, available to, to, a young, just to a younger audience in terms of what it means. And we also think the score is simply just one of the most beautiful scores ever written for a musical. So um, I, I've got to say Dear Evan Hansen's up there. Historically, my favorite show was Sweeney Todd, which is just, you know, one of, you know, Stephen Sondheim's masterpiece and is just an amazing show. But in my, in my, in my heart uh, over the last five years, Dear Evan Hansen has really taken that, uh, that occupied that role for me. Do you have a favorite um, performance of Sweeney Todd? Because I've seen a, quite a few renditions of it. I mean, I think the original one with Len Carriou and Angela Lansbury is the, is the timeless classic one. I was lucky enough to see the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra the year before I joined, actually, um, do it with Patti Lapone, which was amazing. And then the following year when I was singing, I got to do Candide with um, Patti Lapone and uh, with Rita Moreno, which was kind of an amazing experience, yeah. All right, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, Dr. Coyne, recording with us. It's, it's great to have you on our show, and um, we hope that you're, you have a great rest of your meeting. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my, my pleasure. And uh, it was also, you know, giving up the time of your Quilligan Scholar time to do this, Faye, a very generous donation of your time as well. So once again, this is Nick. This is Faye. And this is Creogs Over Coffee. 
If you enjoy our podcast, go ahead and go on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or any of your other podcatchers and give us a five-star rating and review. You can find us online at creogsovercoffee.com or you can find us on Facebook at creogsovercoffee or on Twitter at creogsovercoffee1. If you want to give us some support in exchange for a shout-out on the podcast or some cool swag, you can find us on our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash creogsovercoffee. Have any ideas for the show, things you want to hear, or corrections to a previous show? Email us at creogsovercoffee at gmail.com. 